Milo, I love Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, me too, dude. You know what I love even more? The Good Evening Kitties podcast, which reviews every Tales from the Crypt episode and movie with bonus horror movie reviews for fun. Every episode? That sounds awesome. What do I find out about the Good Evening Kitties podcast? You can follow them on Twitter at G-E-K podcast and find episodes on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts and more. Twitter at Get Podcast and subscribing to the Good Evening Kitties podcast right now. <laughs> Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that kind of crap. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about crimes that happened in the 80s and 90s near us. And we have a special guest with us today. We got John and Claire from Everyone Dies in Sunderland podcast. <sighs> Hello. Hello. Hey, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. So real quickly, what is Everyone Dies in Sutherland? Sunderland? 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 Sunderland. Sunderland. I listened to it. I listened to it. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of like Disneyland. <laughs> you can but tell. in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> Sunderland. It's, it's actually um, one that sort of, uh, sort of Lewis Carroll um, used to come and visit. And it's where Alice, his friend's daughter Alice, is from just outside Sunderland. So Wonderland um, is kind of more than Disneyland is where it is. Because there's, there's a suggestion that uh, um, Lewis Carroll was inspired by Sunderland when he was writing uh, Alice in Wonderland. Or at least it started out as a story he was telling his friend's daughter, Alice, who is from Sunderland. A lot of mushrooms being eaten in Sunderland. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Tell us about your podcast. What? What? What kind of? What? What? We we listen to some of it. We kind of. It's kind of cool. Like it's. T- tell us about what you guys talk about Thank quickly. Um, it's about growing up terrified uh, in the eighties and nineties. Uh, so every week we kind of go back to um, a year of our childhoods, which were predominantly um, in the northeast of England, and we can try and see what we can remember scaring us um, with the background to our childhoods, in particular. Um, like notorious local crimes, particularly the ones that people don't um, really remember are happening. And you kind of think, why do people remember that happening? Because that was just wild or that was mad. Because like, I think from my perspective, I don't know what it's like for you. Um, it's kind of like we've reached a point where we kind of like condense the 80s down to four or five moments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in this country, it's kind of like Charles and Diana got married, which was lovely. Um, then there was the minor strike, which is a bit of a shame. Um, then there's a clip of a man in red braces dancing while swigging from a bottle of champagne, which symbolizes economic boom. Um, Michael Fish said there wouldn't be a hurricane. There was a hurricane. There's the eighties. And that's it. That's all you get. That's, that's <laughs> Everything else forgotten. <laughs> Remember it. Yeah. I was trying to think about what it would have been today in America. I don't know how it would have been for Michael you. Jackson and Ronald yeah. Reagan. And nothing everything, else. I, everything I know about England in the eighties, I've learned from the crown. I only remember Margaret Thatcher was because of the crown. Oh, well, I just remember she was on the Anderson. news. She's like, communism, communism can <laughs> suck it. Bloody, bloody oh, yes. I'm surprised they got Gillian Anderson to do it when you can do it so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I even, she even had that booming voice like I do, right? Like, oh, take, take down this wall. Take down the bloody wall. That's kind of it. That was what I was I was writing today, so like, it's probably for you, like, there'll be like, here is compilation of the 80s. It's like, yeah, Ronald Reagan goes, Mr. Gorbachev down this wall. And then there's E.T. and then there's Thriller. Then Challenger blows up. Michael Douglas goes, greed is good. And read my lips, no new taxes. We're out. That was the 80s. That was pretty much it. Yeah, you got, you got the 80s in, in America down. 
Milo and I are from an area with a lot of strange crimes. Like for instance, Ted Bundy, you, all, you guys know Ted Bundy, right? Absolutely. We know Bundy. So he was um, like pretending like he was wounded and like kidnapping girls and killing them and stuff. And mm-hmm. do, you, do you know where he was doing that? Literally um, in the town that I live, I can actually ride my bike there right now and go. Oh, yeah. Yep. I live in Issaquah, Washington, and I could literally ride my bike down to Lake Sammamish State Park. I don't even need to drive there. I can just ride my bike to where he was doing Ted Bundy stuff. You can do bicycle tours. You should do bicycle tours. (laughs) (laughs) And here's where he acted injured all like Silence of the Lambs style, right by that tree. Mm. Yes. So if you guys ever make it up here, you know. Come on, come on over. I'll take you to that state park. We'd we can do to. a reenactment, Claire. We can just. Oh my God, us. yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> She's Bundy, right? All right. So I'm going to start with our, um, what I remember, mm-hmm. crimes I remember from where I was from. So, because we have, we have a lot of weird crimes in, in, in this area. Um, but I remember one in particular, I was a teenager and I'm from Portland originally. And, and in 1994, there was a young man named Tyrone Walter Theus who, uh, did a triple murder at uh, Leathers Oil Company in 1994. He used to work there. It's a gas station. Oh, I uh, thought it was an S&M bar. No, no, no. It sounds like it could be. Yeah. That would be more interesting. They were interesting, from Colorado. But it's just a gas Columbia. station. Yeah, and it's Portland. It's Portland. We got plenty of strip bars. But no, it, it sounds like a strip club. You get the petrol as well as the strip bar. <laughs> well, it wouldn't surprise me if it were a combination. There's plenty of that stuff going on in Portland. But so he worked there. He was actually the manage, manager there, but he was uh, accused of stealing 50 bucks from the till. So he left and they thought that was all said and done. But he returned months later with two of his pals and they went in and they armed, rob, they robbed it with guns. And then Theus the guy who worked there shot and killed the three employee, female employees who, who, who were working there. So his pals were caught and they confessed. And I guess they were like, man, we didn't even know who's going to do that. Cause I guess this guy is the one guy who killed all three of them and they confessed, but Tyrone Theus was never found. And he's at large to this day. So I remember that cause he was all over America's most wanted, which is a TV show here. Um, they're like, we're looking for this guy. We're looking for this guy. Um, he's kind of a big kid too, six four. I don't know what that is in kilometers or whatever, but um, yeah, he was twenty at the time. He'd be forty five now, and they still haven't found him. So I'm gonna put like an age progression uh, photo on our on our podcast page because if he is around, uh, we really need to find that guy. But he, they never found him. That, that's kind of exactly what the starting point of the uh, podcast was. It wasn't even the one I was gonna do. I hope Claire isn't gonna do this one. But um, like our first episode people say like oh you know nothing ever happens where i grew up it's really boring but um there was there were basically there were two murders in quick succession where i live um in in carrie durham in the early 90s the first one is um the, the still unsolved murder again um of a delivery driver um on christmas eve it involved um someone ordering a fake chinese takeaway um, and they made the, they made the call for that fake meal from the end of my road, literally where we're sitting now, like from a, from a call box. And that's see, exactly. I, you know, I walked on my time I kissed school every day. We walked past where that phone. They took it out about two years ago. But we walked past it was, and that murder's never been solved. And like for all we know, every, anyone in this village, because it was, you know, there, there's a, a strong suspicion that it was enemies he'd made within the community we live. Like they're still living here. 
um, completely unsolved to this day, is the person you're walking past, you know, a murderer. And like, that was sort of just bubbling around the childhood. Like, oh, you know, yeah, very, very, very boring childhood. Very normal I had. There was that one time when someone murdered someone at the end of my road. But apart from that, you know, it was pretty quiet, really. Well, you don't know who it was. Could be, it's like scream style, dude. It could be like one of your friends or something. What if it's your parents? Oh, I mean, like be, you, know, you yeah. I find that highly unlikely to be fair, but <laughs> we would say that. But highly unlikely is like very likely. Very likely, if though. Right? My dad, he would not like organize a, a fake Chinese meal in a remote farmhouse and beat you to death. I think he would write a, a firmly worded letter to the relevant authorities. That's much <laughs> more Steve style. So, so the they someone ordered Chinese food. Yeah. So he was a delivery driver at the Chinese takeaway um, in the village. It's still there. Um, and weirdly, if you watch, say, we've got a show called Crime Watch. I think we've, talked, we've, had, we've been talking about with American podcasters before, kind of like the equivalent of America's Most Wanted in this country. Uh, they did a reconstruction of it um, in 1992, this murder. And like they basically only changed the sign and the decor in the restaurant in like the last three or four years. Wow. So it's mad to see that like on a crime reconstruction show. Yeah, so um, yeah, he was delivery driver. Um, someone rang up. This isn't even the story I was going to tell. Someone rang up and put in a meal. Uh, 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 it was Christmas Eve. Um, I think it was uh, spare ribs and pork balls um, at a farmhouse just outside of where we live. Um, and um, he didn't understand the address. So he rang back and it was made from the call box into my road. So they were just sat, the killers, by the call box in case he rang back as well, which is mad. That's the 80s and 90s. No cell phones. And then um, basically, um, they had to go, you had to go to a gate to get to the farmhouse. So he drove through, knocked on the door. They went, we didn't order Chinese food. And they shut the gate while he was doing that. So he was trapped in and then jumped in, basically. And nobody ever caught them? Nobody ever caught them. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Like, that's really a thought out plan. So clearly, they had something against this guy and they weren't able to pin it on anybody that he knew, huh? Was he, was he a bad dude? Like, did nobody like him? Um, there's, there's allegations to that effect. Yes. Didn't his mom say he was a lovely lad though? <laughs> oh, um, well, yeah, his mother. We, we played the clip of his mom, didn't we? On crime. Yeah. Watch. It made and me like, chuckle. She, she's literally like, um, I can't remember. I'll dig it out. But yeah, it's kind of like not, he wasn't, you know, he didn't get on with everyone. You know, he had some trouble with some people. Wow. Well, I know a lot of assholes where I live, but I, I don't know setting up, like a premeditated kind of thing like that. Uh, you got to be pretty bad for me to do that to you. Yeah, there's, there's occasionally people suggest in the, in the village when they're like, oh, everyone knows who did it, but they never say actually who did it. Um, kind of like it wasn't, he wasn't meant to die. It was more of a teach you a lesson kind of beating that went too far. But I mean, that's just mad speculation at the bus stop, quite literally. Interesting. That wasn't even the one I was going to talk about, but yeah. Oh, that's what you got, brother. Yeah. It's a good one though. <laughs> it was a good one. So I have a serial killer for mine. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, Spokane is about 300 miles east of Seattle. So it's the east side of Washington state. And there was a guy by the name of Robert Lee Yates. He was Mm -hmm. born May 27th, 1952. Interesting fact here. I was also born on May 27th, not 1952, but May 27th. So we share the same birthday. Basically, his first couple of kills happened really early, like in the 70s. And then he went years without killing anybody. And it was just like two random kills. Two, a young couple was out enjoying the weather. He kills them. 
hides the bodies. The bodies are found a few days later, but they never actually track it to him. And then he becomes really active in the 90s for some reason and ends up killing roughly 16 to 18 people total. So in Spokane, there's a road called Sprague Avenue, and it's kind of where a lot of the, the prostitutes hang out and stuff. And so he would go pick up a prostitute and have sex with her in the van and then kill her and ditch her body somewhere and did this quite a few times. Interesting enough, one of the burials of the bodies, he actually buried outside his uh, house window or something like that. So like uh, outside his house where he lived with his wife and five children. Is he mental? Well, he's still in prison at, at the moment, actually. Wow. Uh, here's something interesting, too, about him. His grandmother murdered his grandfather with an axe in 1945 before before uh, Robert was 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 born. And, and you know, he's going to be a serial killer, by the way, because his name is Robert Lee Yates. I mean, that's like the most serial killer name you could give your child. But for the most part, like he he was born and raised in Washington State. He was in the military for a few years, got out of the military, had recommendations and stuff like that. So he was a con- commendated service member and not really, you know, nobody really thought anything weird of him. And uh, yeah, ended up killing all those people there. There's, they had the green river killer as well, which is from the Pacific Northwest. They actually initially thought one of his victims was a green river killer victim, but it actually turned out that it was his. And that's Robert Lee Yates. Sounds like the name of a guy who would like possess a doll with voodoo, you know, it just sounds like that kind of guy. Yeah. Like why would you name your kid that? That's what I'm saying. You totally, it's interesting because I vaguely remember this, actually. I, I never, I hadn't thought about this guy really at all, but until I started researching for this episode and was like, yeah, I remember this. I remember this being in the news in Spokane because I moved from Spokane to Seattle in, you know, 98, roughly when his murder stopped as well, by the way. Um, so, so when Ooh. I moved out of Spokane, the murder stopped and- uh, <laughs> And uh, and then I remember him being caught, and uh, yeah, he's he's actually uh, serving serving four hundred eight years in prison right now. He had a beautiful family by the Google image as well. Yeah, it, other than having five children, I don't know why you'd want five children. So I guess there's one problem, right? But yeah, amazing eighties hairdos. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Wouldn't it that's sucks the to be kind those of guy children, though. Like, hey, uh, you know, what your parents do? Well, my mom does this and my dad's a convicted serial killer. Mm. I mean, it's a good opener for a first date. <laughs> At least it's an icebreaker. Dang. What's your last oh. name? Yates. Oh, there was a serial killer by that name. Yeah, it's my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know Not that. Lee Yates. Robert Lee Yates Jr. That sounds like the kind of name of someone who just like plop out of the lake and like grab you while you're in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so a bad 80s horror film then yeah it just sounds like that's just the type of name that you'd give to a, like a horror film guy he's a he's bad guy though in real life and they say oh my dad's in prison he's a serial killer you'd be thinking well at least we'll never have a row about where we're spending christmas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly order some chinese takeout and go visit Ooh. dad <laughs> Here's something I don't get about serial killers before quick question as experts on serial killers, you two. So why do serial killers kill so many prostitutes? Like what do they have against prostitutes? So I, I think, is it because 
So in the UK, I don't feel like we have as prolific amount of prostitutes as there are in America. Or just it's a serial Because <laughs> in our location, as far as I'm aware, John, do we have a massive prostitution ring? Um, Maybe you just don't know about them. <laughs> it's like, it's more Gareth's area of expertise and he's not here. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, like famously in, I don't know when it was, the Northumbria police disbanded their vice unit because there was nothing for them to do. Um, but I don't know what the situation is now. Well, we you have, have a lot of massage parlors, right? Yeah, quite possibly. Like, a lot, everybody's going to the spa, getting those massages. I get it. It's like an interesting regional thing. I, don't, I literally don't know about sex work at all. But um, in terms sure. of crime statistics... <laughs> um, me, ne- me neither. I know nothing about it. That's why I was asking you. Yeah, I have no clue. In terms of crime on. statistics, um, we don't use weapons in the Northeast. It's like if we're, violent crime in the <laughs> Northeast is carried out with punching. Well, I know Claire uses weapons because that's her hobby. But when we're trying to hurt people, we don't use <laughs> knives or guns. Um, when we're trying to kill livestock, <laughs> we use guns. But we don't use, like, they're tools. Like, why would I kill a man with a gun? That's, that's for hobbies and for euthanizing sheep. <laughs> mm. What a foolish thing to do. Um, that's how they speak in the day, right, Claire? Um, yeah, totally. So what do you do there if you want to kill somebody? You're like, hey, put up your dukes. Yep, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, put up your dukes. It's shoot me. I'm okay with that one. Yeah, sure. We genuinely don't have, like, serial killers in the Northeast, unless they're really good. Like, we've... Um, there's only Stephen Greveson, really, isn't there? Yeah, there's only Stephen Greveson that, that we've, like, ever had in the region. And, yeah, so check him out. Stephen Greveson. All right, Claire, what do you have for us? So I actually, ironically, after we've just said that no one kills anyone with guns, I'm going to do the murder of, oh, what's he called? Harry Collison. Harry Collison. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Good backup. So there's a man who lives um, just shy of where I live and actually near where John lives. Who mm-hmm. He was a bit of a gun-toting hick, so he was called Albert Dryden. He's, well, he is actually dead now. And he was in a planning dispute with the council. And he had a number of weapons. And I believe, and John will correct me if I'm wrong on this, he actually had a tank. <laughs> cool. Um, uh, he, uh, what did he do? He he tried. He mounted a gun turret onto his car to turn it into yeah. a car tank. Yeah. So was he was American. Bit... That sounds very American. <laughs> he actually wasn't American, but it does <laughs> sound very like. Yeah. He drove an Oldsmobile though around around the streets of eighties nineties concert. So yeah. he's quite a local figure. Yeah. He also had an ambulance. He drove around in as well. He was a bit mental, but he got so mad. He was actually friends with the um, planning um, guy that he shot, but the dispute ended up being published live on national TV. You can actually watch the video of it on YouTube, which is fascinating. Um, And yeah, he shot him dead when he came to um, be dealt with so that they could actually get over the planning dispute because he decided he wanted to build a bungalow in a hall because the planning rules over here you can't build above is it six feet yeah without permission so he dug a hole six feet deep mm-hmm. and then put his bungalow in it thinking he'd get away with it but obviously that's not really it's just a little bit of a gray area so yeah and in the dispute he actually shot him dead and this was after he actually threatened the council with a chicken 
a few months earlier when he was getting quite angry about and irate about the situation. But yeah, he did. He looked like a really, really weird Father Christmas by the time he died in prison with his um, beard and that. But he was very much anti-establishment and just lost his shit with his gun that day. Well, he sounds like someone from the Wild West. <laughs> That's exactly how he saw himself. I want it to was, know the chicken story. Sorry. You're the chicken. I really need to know this chicken story. Feel the wrath of my chicken. <laughs> like, yeah. Did he take a chicken in and was like yeah. waving it at them or? <laughs> I'll beat you with my chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I will send my chicken after you. My chicken's a bad little clucker. <laughs> John, do you want to tell the chicken story? Uh, no, you go for it. But that's basically it. Yeah, he literally went <laughs> to the county right. council with his chicken and threatened to chuck the chicken at the at the council members. Like, yeah, yeah. bear in mind, he has guns and weaponry. Like, why take a chicken? It's, this is the one thing that fascinates my, me about this entire tale. Like, you have a chicken. Why? What the hell? That's awesome. That's how we roll in Northeast England, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Assault with a deadly chicken. <laughs> We're going to roll, roll up to the council meeting in our tank car. Pull our chicken Look out, out with he's us. got poultry. <laughs> I think it was actually his mate that brought the chicken as well. I think like, he, so he had, a, he had a meeting at like the city hall to give it some context, like the local town hall about this planning matter. And he turned out, one of his mates was there for backup holding a chicken. And like when it, when it went wrong, he like, he was like, throw the chicken. And like this mate just lobbed his chicken at the council. That's so awesome. <laughs> the chicken's Look like, out, he's got a chicken. Get down. It's a poultry bomb. Everybody. But, I mean, we, we, oh, he's so tender. It did him badly, but like he, he also got he got into trouble about 15 years before that because he made a homemade bazooka and was standing out near where Claire lives in rural Weirdale trying to bring yeah. down aeroplanes with his homemade bazooka. As you do. He was I got to look this guy up. Yeah, absolutely. Albert he Dryden. Fascinating. Albert Stryden. Albert Dryden, yeah. Dryden. I think because he, he, he sort of, he wore braces a lot. And like a lumberjack shirt, and he was bald, but he had a big ginger beard. So he also looks like he might try and serve you an artisan cocktail. It's not like a Portland guy. <laughs> That's some like hipster, hipster bar. Yeah, a lumberjack shirt, and he's uh, he's he's attacking you with chickens. That's a pretty Portland thing to do. I think he was just a man out of. I mean, he should have come where we're from. I think he was just a man out of out of place. If he likes guns and he likes flannel and cars shirts and, and chickens. Yeah, he is in, in some of his letters from prison because yeah, he he was mad. Uh, he he was saying like, oh, when I get out of prison, NASA have headhunted me to to go over there and work on their ballistics program. This well, is... in Portland, that's not mad. That's just Tuesday. <laughs> they liked it when you tried to bring down that that helicopter, that airplane with your home Luca. Speaking to the corporate the man. Mars. But yeah, so what's what it's famous for um, is that it, it was rumbling on for ages in the local news. And so like they finally came along one day in the um, time of 91 to knock down the building because he'd, he'd, he'd refused to knock it down when he'd been told to knock it down, basically. So they turned up with a bulldozer. Um, local TV news crews and journalists were there. And basically he... Um, he, he oh, well, basically in front of cameras, he pulled out a gun and, and shot the, the, plan, the chief planning officer on television and then he fired at everyone else as they were running away. Um, he shot, but then there's, he also, he shot one of the journalists who does a piece to camera. It's like, once again, don't watch it, but it's, it's interesting. It's out there on YouTube. So there's a, like a famous macho, basically Northeast news TV reporter called Tony Belmont, who's there, who does like a piece to camera while bleeding from a gunshot wound. Jeez. But because he ran, they were all running away when he was shooting at them. There's a policeman he shot. Um, and like, uh, I can't remember the guy's called, but it's always referred to in press reports as the policeman was shot in the um, the lower back 
but in this, this piece to camera that Tony Belmont does while, while bleeding from a gunshot wound, when he's like, he's like, he's like a policeman's been shot in the buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's worth seeing if you, you know, bit of levity to your spree shooting. Well, we're going to include that video on the podcast page. Heck yeah. I'm watching <laughs> mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yep. But it's interesting though, that that's also like, I first heard that story because I'm you know, it's like, like Claire, Claire said, it's about like five, 10 minutes drive away from my house. So that happened. But I first heard of that when, um, uh, in, I was working in a newsroom because I'm a journalist and like, they, they were having a conversation about like how mad newsrooms used to be. Um, and he was telling that, so it was, um, my old boss, he was the, like when the chief reporters was telling me like, oh, there was this great time when um, we, we sent one guy out to do a planning dispute and then he ended up being shot at. Um, and then he, he rang up like to say like, I'm in hospital, someone tried to kill me. Um, and they were like, right, I'm going to put you through to the transcription desk. So have your copy ready to go. <laughs> there, are, like, there are plenty of other like stories. That it, it's literally the same thing happened about um, like one of the photographers like ran away to the next farmhouse and was like, they they shot like they're trying to kill me and like his this this boss is like what are you doing in the farmhouse go and take more pictures <laughs> <laughs> do your damn job get are out you there dead? no you got get work, back to work to do they and that's what it was like butter, right? you can still you can still move make it happen <laughs> get that story uh, that's funny that's a good one well guys uh, thanks for joining us here on this little podcast of ours that was a lot of fun. Uh, audience once again we have claire and um john from everyone dies in sutherland thanks again for joining us we're gonna wrap our show up as we always do by saying we are out of here like a mutilated corpse left to rot in the woods goodbye we're out of here like a flying chicken that that guy is like throwing at people (laughs) take that chicken boy